Welcome everyone back to our latest market update. Today is August 1st and every first day of the month, I'm going to be sharing with you in real time what has actually been going on with the real estate market. I always get this question all the time, especially for those that are not familiar with they, they're kind of exploring whether they want to get into the market or sell their place. And the very logical question is, how is the market? Well, Let's take a look at the market itself today. You can you can come to your own conclusions and make a decision whether you want to actively buy, invest, or potentially sell and liquidate a, a home. Now, let's take a look at the data itself. As you can see, the last so July has officially closed, right? Today is already August 1st. And the numbers, to be fair, have been kind of the same. It's been the same for about the last four months now. And so the benefit about this is that it's been pretty predictable as long as you knew what a home went for, like a similar size, condition, and location went for in the last couple of months. It's going to be the same. You don't have a frenzy that you would have otherwise, like especially in the, the early parts of this year. But now it's been about the same. It's not like declining a whole lot. It's not in increasing a whole lot. So it's pretty predictable. And this is actually the kind of market that I enjoy the most. Because you don't have to be like, oh, wow, if I wait a little bit, the market will go down and I'm going to be able to get a discount. Or conversely, oh, wait, if I if I, if I don't buy now, it's going to keep going up and it's going to be a frenzy. It's quite frankly, very predictable, right? As long as you knew and as long as you were fed the information and understood about the different things of what homes were actually trading for and selling for in a particular market. Here's the data for Santa Clara County residential single family homes. And to be fair, most markets are actually similar. Now, if I highlight things like condos and townhomes, let's see how that performed. You can see there was a little bit of a spike in June, but now it's kind of leveled out. So a lot of the areas have gone through something similar. Now, let's take a look at, let's say, Alameda County. Let's blend these together. We'll take a look at all the counties itself. So you can see from a sales perspective, similar, right? Like even Alameda County has kind of been like that. It's been a little bit more of an increase versus Santa Clara County, but nothing, nothing too mind-blowing. Let's say you compare April 2023, 1058 to even July 111. That's a delta of 42,000. And so that's equivalent to, what is that, um, three, 3, 4%. So it's not a drastic it's not a drastic change on that end. Let's take a look at San Mateo County. So there's been a, a lot more return to the office. You can look at San Mateo County. Now, San Mateo County didn't go as much of a, a wave versus like what you saw previously of Santa Clara County. But generally, you, you see this kind of spike in June. But now the numbers of July are kind of similar to April, May. So perhaps if you're comparing get some homes there, you, it may be beneficial to compare against things that are a little bit further back. Like what 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 sold in April May versus the figures of June? Let's take a look at San Francisco. San Francisco always gets lots of headline headline articles. Let's see what's going on there. I mean, San Francisco similar to Santa Clara County. I mean, this is pretty flat. Even in April, which is similar to what it is now in July, one point three five as a median. It increased to one four, which is a fifty k delta at that point. But that's only what three percent. Similar, right? So. The benefit of this is that the market has been pretty predictable. Now, I am getting a lot of concerns and a lot of complaints, to be fair, of the lack of inventory. And this is a, a very important discussion that we need to have right now between you and I, is the expectations 
right? What is the expectation should you have moving forward? So let's take a look at this. The, the most helpful thing is a couple is two kind of data points. So we're going to go through two different ones. One is the number of new listings, right? And then we're also going to see the number of sales. Two different metrics because why is it so important? The number of new listings is how many sellers are even putting their home on the market, right? Like how many sellers are even considering and trying to put their home on the market, whether sellers or not is a different question, but what is the volume of that? And you can see if you compare because this is now January 2022 through July 2023, you can see a pretty big dip across the board. So if you compare here data-wise, you can see July is over 1210, 1210 versus 1500 last year. You can see June 1209 versus 1784 from last year. So the numbers have gotten a little bit better, but they're not even getting to the point. And you can see the beginning of the year was terrible, right? really, really awful. So let's add these up. Um, so let's say, for example, 1500, that's equivalent about 24% less. You look at the June figures. Right, like 30-something um, percent less, right? So this has been the biggest challenge for people. Now, this is the number of new listings. Now, and the question is, okay, the prices have actually been relatively stable for a while. What about the velocity of things? Like, what's the medium days to sell? The medium days to sell has been the same for a while, right? Eight, nine days. What does that usually mean? It usually means that they'll have an offer deadline the following week which is the case, like you've, you've seen it a lot. So you can't, if you're going to be looking for a home, even though you may be busy and a lot of people are going vacations. I mean, there's so many people on vacation right now. Travel is just absolute on the terror, but you have to still look every week and try to work with someone like myself. Like if you're busy on the weekend, it's all good. Look on Thursday, Friday, or tour on Monday, but every week we'll have a cycle, right? You can't be like, Oh, I'm just going to take a week off and then I'm going to resume the following week. And then I'm going to complain that there's no houses to see the following week. As you can see very clearly, homes have always been this way. It's been this way for a long time. This is nothing new. Even last year was like this. So the velocity doesn't get a lot slower, to be fair. It doesn't get a lot faster. It's hard to get much faster because then you won't even have a weekend, right? So there's no reason for that. So you're going to stay at this kind of velocity, which is every week it'll turn over. So the general tip is this. Thursday, Friday is the only day in the week that you even need to browse. Even if you're busy with work. You don't need to browse every day. Just look at Thursday, Friday, and you already know kind of the whole list of what you'll be seeing the entire weekend. And then from there, shortlist it, right? If you're busy, go see it on Friday. Go, go see it Friday afternoon, Friday evening. That's all good. Go see it Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening. And if you're really busy from Thursday to Sunday, go see it Monday, right? Usually the deadlines are Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Now, the downside of going to see it Monday is that it's going to be really compressed, right? You need to see the house. You need to... I already have the mentality to move forward. You got to start reviewing the disclosures. I got to help you find out about competition, right? We're going to have to look at comparables. So it's all compressed. So ideally, if you're going to be gone for a weekend, go check it out beforehand, right? Thursday, Friday, so that you can still have plenty of time to digest over uh, the weekend, even though you're not technically there. And then we just kind of roll, we, we just roll and move forward. So that's, that's a very important part of it. Now, you can see the medium days to sell. Now, the other question is, what about the sales number? Like how many transactions are happening? You can see the transaction number is actually, it's a little bit less than the previous years, but that's also because there's just no homes for people to consider to buy. 
Now, this what this means though, right? When you see the number of volume, so let's let's add this up. So so July has actually been pretty good, right? You had 985 of last year versus 860 of this year. So it's only about a 13% decline versus last month. It had about 15% decline. So they actually the sales number has, has recovered a whole lot more than what you can kind of see in the beginning of the year, which was very, very dismal. So those are some important factors to have. So what does this mean in, in your case? If you're even thinking about buying, so let's talk about two scenarios. Let's say you're a buyer, either you're buying a personal, like um, you're trying to get out of the rent, or perhaps you are, um, you're trying to get out of rent, or maybe you want to buy investment property, or maybe you want to buy a new home for yourself because you've outgrown it. You've been waiting long enough, right? Like it's been eight, nine months now in a row that rates are still the same. They're not going to get a whole lot worse. Uh, well, they're not going to get a whole lot better, but they're not going to get that much worse relative to like the the end of last year. So they've been the same now for about November. So what is the message that you should kind of think of? It's not giving up. It's all right. The number of new listings is lower. It's not that much lower now versus before, but it is lower. Can I expand to different options? Like to the different areas? Can I increase my budget? Can I change the locations that I'm looking at or the type of home I'm looking at? Maybe you want a single family and now a condo or townhome works instead. Right? Like these are all things that you really want to expand and see because the best search for people, if they want to stop renting or get a new space, is typically they should be seeing at least four to five homes every single weekend. Because think about that, right? Like think about how many homes that you would see online and it's, it's not even anything close to what you would actually want to buy when you see in person. So when you see four to five, you're then hopefully like one or two to even consider to make an offer on. But if you're just seeing one a week, I mean, just extrapolate that further out, right? It's going to take months and it's just such a dismal search. This is a momentum side of things. This is the momentum of, of searching. You'll get discouraged. You'll be like, oh, maybe I'll just wait for later. If you wait for later, then it's going to be a frenzy at that time. It just means if there's more listing, there's going to be also a whole lot more buyers and there's just be even more uh, difficult to win a place. Because think about this, like the only kind of way, I, I guess there's two there's two kind of situations where you can find more listings. Number one, if there's some sort of tax improvements, right? One of the benefits of a homeowner right now is your property tax is going to be low. It's, kind of, it's going to be generally capped if you owned it for a long time. It's capped at 2% a year because of Prop 13. So you have a low tax basis, but you also have a lot of equity in the home, right? So the only kind of way to motivate them to get to sell is maybe if the government can increase the tax exemption that you have as a homeowner is trying to sell your primary right now it's 250,000 as a single person, 500,000 as a couple, but that's not even anywhere remotely happening right now, but that is a way to clearly motivate. Those are government programs, right? That can easily incite more people because people don't want to pay taxes. That's kind of option one. And option number two is to be fair. If interest rates tank, they got to tank. Because right now, over 80% of homeowners have rates less than 5%, right? So they have to absolutely tank for them to then reassess of like, all right, maybe I can consider to buy now and not wait, um, at least for a lot of people. Otherwise, the remaining people that are doing the trade-ups, they're either just keeping their place and renting it out because they can keep that rate and just buy another one. There's no issues with cash right now. Or uh, there are situations where they really need to sell it and 
but that's going to be a harder pill for a lot of people to swallow. Now, obviously, as you can see, there's always people doing it, but you can see the volume wise. That is why this is actually happening. So at the end of the day, you want to be patient, which is fine, but you also still have to look every week. Now, it does not mean you look every single day. There's no purpose of that. There's no benefit of that, right? You just frustrate yourself. You're like, why can't I find anything? You don't need to look every day. It makes no difference. Looking on Thursday, Friday is enough, but can you expand? Be realistic. Like maybe you have a 1A location and then you have a 1B location, right? So those are the those are the things and suggestions for people to do because think about why were you thinking about moving to begin with? You're moving because you want to stop paying rents. You need more space. You need better schools. Like those are not fundamentally changing. The question is what kind of, adjustments can be done for yourself to be successful. And so this is a very, very important lesson right now because some people are getting in, they're excited. They're like, let's go, Spencer, let's go. We're ready to go right now. And then they see a weekend or they make one offer and they lose. They're like, oh, I give up. I, I quit. It's like, that's not how this works. It's not that simple to just get a place. You're not the only buyer out there, right? There's clearly plenty of buyers out there. Just go to any open house and you will see for yourself, right? There's plenty of buyers out there. But it's not like significantly increasing price. Every buyer is kind of lukewarm, right? Nobody is desperate to buy. But people obviously want to buy to, for, to get out of the, the previous situation. So that's the mentality. And this is the most important thing right now. And this is the most important time for this kind of mentality, which is, remember, why did you want to buy to begin with? Do you have the perseverance to stay through this? Can you make adjustments? Can you accommodate what is realistic? Don't just be like, oh, I'm going to increase my budget, but I'm going to now ask for more. No, no, no. You can increase your budget, but ask for the same. Then you have more options. So those are the parameters you have to adjust. And I will ultimately help you with that. But I will also be very truthful and upfront. Like, look, you can't just do this just because you say you want to do this. And everybody's in the same boat, right? Because those with a $2 million budget, they're not looking at $1 million homes. Maybe, but they may be pushing into those two and a half million dollar types of areas. Well, that's a problem then, right? Because your budget is not two and a half. So those are the conversations that I have upfront with everybody. And that's very important for you guys to decide and understand that too. Okay. So that's a little bit about like this, the, the volume, because that's the most important issue that is not getting any better anytime soon. Right. So that's something to be mindful of. And then, so the other question is what about new construction? So new construction has been on a pretty big stall for a while now. There's not a whole lot of new projects. There will still always be some. And because the market, as you can see, price-wise has gone back up, uh, there is, they're going to continue to do through to go through it. But new construction is always a just so tiny relative to the options that you have in the Bay Area, right? So you usually have to go a little bit further out, and they're usually going to be condos and townhomes. So those are things to factor in and consider. Now, this uh, if you want to see anything else, I'm happy to go back into this. Feel free to leave it in the comments below. And I'm always happy to make a separate video with just other questions and thoughts. But I do want to go over some headline articles of the month because there's some very key information that you may have seen on your end. Number one, California Dream for All program is back. Well, what is this program? So this program was a program that turned into a $300 million fund. And the idea is that the government will be able to help subsidize your down payment. And the way that it is structured is that they'll have a shared appreciation in the value of a home. So in a sense, kind of like free money, right? Now, the, what's the real benefit of this? It allows a lot of people to get in earlier because they don't even have to save for this money. 
they can get a certain amount of percent available to them. However, there's a catch of this. The $300 million that happened this year seems like a lot, but do the math. How many transactions is that really? $300 million is equivalent to, because let's say you can borrow up to, um, I think you can borrow up to like 20% or something like that, but there is a cap. So I think the average amount may be 200,000, something like that. So if you do 300 million, divide by 200,000, <clears> that's a grand total of 1,500 home homes or homeowners in the entire state of California. So that's why when this got announced before, it was an absolute nightmare and a frenzy. And it was all done within less than two weeks. That $300 million was all done in two weeks. But it was obviously very popular. And election time is coming around again. So why wouldn't they just announce more free money? So apparently, sometime next year, TBD, there's going to be another $200 million earmarked. And if you just did the math, right, if it's $300 million, well, it's like this for 1,500 people, this is going to be like 1,000 people. So there's going to be 1,000 people that will be able to get this. And it will be probably done within one and a half weeks because people also realize how quickly it was done last time. So this is still a TBD. Right. There is still information that will be out over the next few months. There's nothing to rush for. And people ask me about this, like, Spencer, what should I do? Should I wait for this? Should I go for this? Here is my opinion about this. If you have hopefully what they'll do is this. This will make it the easiest. There are local programs that have this kind of down payment assistance program. Uh, I'm just literally going through it with someone else. They're going through an AC boost, which is an Alameda County boost program where they give you um, funds. If they have the ability to basically earmark it for you, as in they allocate it for, the, for people, then I think that would be great, right? Because then you are guaranteed. But if you're not guaranteed, think about this. You've got to wait potentially another, what are we, we're in August already. So August, September, October, November, December. Yeah, five months. So you have to wait five full months, which is then five months of rent or five months of in the situation you're at. Actually, with this, you're probably a renter. So five months of rents, right, at the very least, to wait for the potential for this. That will be gone in one and a half weeks anyways. It doesn't make any sense. And to be fair, those offers will be a very frenzied offer because there's so much more buyers that will be influxing at that point. So just like before, it, it was a dream, it was a dream for all, but then it became a nightmare very, very quickly. And so I personally would not suggest anybody wait for this. Now, if you are happen to be in that situation and you want to go for it, then feel, feel free to go for it. But keep this in mind, if it's going to be, uh, obviously we have to figure out when exactly it's going to be released. But if it's going to be anywhere close to like the beginning of the year, that is where you have the lowest amount of homes to even pick from. So for those that complain about inventory, it's going to be, there is so little homes during that time. So it'll be interesting to see how this rolls out. Hopefully they change their, the, hopefully they change their process of allocation. That's the key thing, right? If they can change that allocation of the funds, that will help a lot of people. Okay. So that is important to see. Now, next assessments and appeals. If you bought a home, let's talk about this. This is a very big thing and you should all consider and do this. There are actually many agencies that you will pay to be able to help you uh, fight this. And then depending on how much you're able to get less, you would pay them money. Now, I am doing this for you guys for technically um, 
as a as a as a good service. So if you want to, if you feel like you should have the opportunity to appeal of your service, uh, appeal of the of the assessed value, then send me a call. Send me a call. Give me a text. Send me an email. Spencer at spencerhsu.com, and I'm happy to evaluate it. But generally, there's some guidelines. Take a look at how prices has been over the last year. So you can see if you bought. So there's a low period too. And so the beauty of this program, not program, but the beauty of the assessment is that the lowest points, which will be for the assessments, is really from like October. So you can see like October through March. Like this is the lowest period that it has been from the last year. So if you bought, let's take a look, right? If you bought, I would say, so take a look at these numbers. Um, October medians 1385 to 135 got a little bit lower even to like 126 now when did it hit 126 before like uh i would say kind of like march 2021 so if you bought a home between march 2021 up until almost september 2022 like this range you you should certainly consider to just get an appeal and the appeal has the opportunity. So I'm, I will, what I'll do is I will send you the lowest comparables relative to your home that you may be able to use. Now, make no mistake, the value of a home may have, as you can see of the increases from before, may have already fully recovered. Even if you bought, unfortunately, at the, at the peak of last year, it may have already fully recovered, to be fair. But because of your assessed value situation and assess uh, because of the, how the appeal process works, they'll allow you to pick the worst times. And so you get the benefit of being this hindsight market timer to try to assess that for as low as possible. Now, you have to be cautious though. If you are appraised, let's say at this number, 135, and you try to go for it, which is very, very similar, there is a risk. They may get you a higher number. Now, generally the cases would probably be very low, especially if you bought it at a higher time, but that is something that it, that is there. So be mindful of that. But I would say everybody, if you bought in the Bay Area as a recap from like, let's say March 2021 or up to like September 2022, right? That kind of one and a half month period, send me a DM, send me a note. Happy to do this it is free. And obviously the goodwill, hopefully I'll be able to help you down the road or help any one of your friends. And feel free to share this video with others. Uh, especially this part, because they will benefit because they'll lower their property taxes. And there are a lot of, like I said, there are a lot of companies that are actually doing this for a charge. Um, it, it's not that much work. It literally takes five minutes to fill out this form that you have been provided uh, already from the uh, assessor's office. So there's a few changes, right? And so a few changes when it comes to some local restaurants. Bay Area Seafood Institution to close remaining restaurants after 47 years. What is this restaurant? It's the fish market. How many of you guys have been to the fish market? Raise your hand. Leave it in the comments below. Do you like it? I mean, the, the, the fact about the fish market is the inside, the quality is still very, very good. But the core is like super uh, original. Uh, like those booths. Um, you can call it historic. You can call it charming. The core hasn't really changed. And certainly with like a lot of redevelopments, but also a lot of clientele, like a lot of people are not going to it as much anymore. And so you're, I, 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 this is, the, this is the case, not just for the Bay area, for everywhere in the country and even around the world, even in Singapore, all those Hakka centers, the previous institutions that have been running these and previous families that were running it, 
they're to a retirement age and their kids are not necessarily wanting to keep running these businesses. And so you're going to see some of these uh, legacy kind of legacy places go away over time. Right. So this is uh, sad, but it won't be surprising. You're going to see more and more of these. Now, on the on the on the change, though. Uh, on the change, though, you have places like DoorDash. So you have places like DoorDash that is creating these kind of ghost kitchens, right? So DoorDash has been creating ghost kitchens for a while now. Or not for, no, sorry, not for a while. This is their first one. But the idea is that there's, um, it's Uber that has been creating ghost kitchens for some time, right? So the previous Uber, um, uh, Travis, the previous founder, has been creating a bunch of ghost kitchens. So it's really interesting, right? Now they're into the game. And so there's some interesting things because there's a lot of these kitchens all around. I just picked up some sushi right before this call and they had like four or five restaurants there. And there are some economies of scale, right? Like one, there's very little overhead because there's no seats there. So it's mostly for takeout or it is pretty much for takeout. Obviously, you can make it almost like a food hall if you wanted to. But number two, like a lot of the chefs, maybe the same chef that do multiple of these different cuisines, right? So you don't need a chef that's specific for just one, one type of option. Now you may question the quality of that, but uh, that's if you've been in the food industry, you may have a little personal take. But it's a really interesting, interesting concept uh, of having multiple different brands and training the chefs, uh, the cooks in the back, to be able to do all of these different things, yet not have the huge cost overhead, so they're able to run a lot leaner. So really, really fascinating. You're going to see a lot more of these now. Some of it, it's going to be a little bit more. Usually a lot more of these are going to be those chain restaurants. So a lot of the change of the ones doing it. So the question is moving forward, do we just have a bunch of chains left? That's always been a discussion. And, uh, but this has just launched recently. Probably we'll see a lot more. I think it should be, as long as it can operate correctly, it should still be very, very um, profitable. And especially they already have the platform for delivery. Maybe they can even subsidize the cost of the deliveries within this. Because the delivery is also easier, right? Imagine you, all your restaurants are in literally one one store. And so when someone picks it up, they can pick up multiple at a time. So there's some very interesting efficiencies, almost like a, almost like how Amazon has like its own brand of like um, items. This could be a similar when it comes to their own brand of foods. So if you have any questions or you want to go over the, the real estate market, feel free to give me a call, send me a text, send me an email. I will be the one person responding to it. You can reach me at 408-547-4590. I'd love to help you create a game plan, whether you're looking to buy now or six months down the road. At least you'll be prepared as much as possible. And be sure to definitely share this video and feel free to share the specific sections about the appeal. Every homeowner, homeowner that has bought between March of, la of two years ago up until about September of last year should consider it. And I'm happy to do this uh, as a pro bono exercise for you guys. Appreciate you guys tuning in as, as always. I'll see you at the next video.